0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves Country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor. Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a die-hard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at White provisions or discover them online at billyreed.com that's billyreed r e i d dot com again, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com, virtually alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations and former Braves pitcher Greg McMichael. And Greg, we've got a treat today. We are, well, I was going to say we're the warm-up act, but we're not not really. We're just getting everybody ready for tonight's uh, virtual concert on the Braves Facebook page with country music star and Braves fan, Josh Turner. And Leading up to the concert, uh, Josh is promoting a new album. We, uh, we said, "Hey, can we have Josh on the podcast?" And they said, "Sure." And uh, we had a great time meeting with Josh and and chatting music and baseball with him. And uh, he's got—I don't know if there's a record for the deepest voice in Nashville or the you know the deepest pipes, but uh, he's got to be the current record record holder of nothing else because man, he's got that unique uh, deep deep voice. Uh, but man, he's he's a uh, great guy. He's uh, doing the concert tonight, I hung out with Charlie Culberson. You get to see Charlie Clutch on there with him, and uh, it's always fun when we get to branch outside and do do some different things. You know, we love having players, both current and former, and, and front office personnel, but I always enjoy these shows where we, we get to go outside the box a little bit and have a, a celebrity fan or something like that on, and uh, that the, today is a great example of that, I think.
2: Yeah, Josh is obviously... Um Big Braves fan. He's he's been around the ballpark and and just a quality guy. And it was great being able to talk with him. But I, I'm with you. It's it's a lot of fun to be able to talk to different fans. And of course, we talk to fans all the time around the ballpark. And we see we see all the you know we just got great fans that are there at the games. And we're missing though missing them. Like uh, I'm sure they're missing being at the ballpark. So it's great to be able to talk to some of them virtually. And and especially some of our Music fans who who uh, are very successful in their own right, and of course, we have a rich tradition of being uh, involved with NASCAR drivers and country music because we're here in the South, and as well as you know, Atlanta has become very multicultural and uh, a lot of different types of music that are going on in Atlanta. Uh, So it's always great to be able to have them on and hear them talk about why they love the Braves. Mm
1: It really is. And that's, you know, one of our goals. I, I hope at some point we're going to have some, uh, you know, I would love to have some some hip-hop artists on behind the Braves. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day um, with, you know, when back in late 90s, early 2000s, hip-hop, and just when you'd see a ludicrous video or Outkast and you'd see them wearing Braves gear and, rep, you know, representing Atlanta, It's it's – we're pretty – pretty blessed in that our city and our region represents so many different types of things range in arts and sports and ranging from, from hip hop to country from outcast to Josh Turner. So, you know, anytime as much, you know, as much as we're able to, to interview, uh, musical artists with ties to the Braves, that's something we're we're hoping to do uh, as much as we can and as often as we can. And um, one little note about Josh, you know, I'm touched on his his deep voice there. Um, It's funny, I was just now before we started, uh, we hit record uh, on the beginning of the show here. I was thinking about how the number of folks that think our buddy Ben Ingram, they're always shocked to learn that he's not, you know, like 80 years old they think he's an older guy with the, with the pipes that he has but uh no he's he's not and Josh is kind of the same they're about their similar age I think Josh is a little bit older than Ben but uh yeah but uh yeah it's it's just it's 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 funny how the well, there's there's those two compare to me
2: yeah and and I guess to our fans if you if you don't know much about Josh Turner if you're not a a big country music fan check him out he's had you know four number ones and <laughs> He's, uh, he's been around a while, since uh, early 2000, singing, and he's been nominated for uh, Grammys and uh, Academy, you know, uh, stuff with, uh, in music. So, I mean, he's, he's a big deal. He's, he's, been, he's been at it a while and very humble guy, so it was, it was great getting to talk with him. And, and, of course, you know, this latest album that he's getting ready to do that's coming out is, brings back a lot of the old and new country music and uh, puts it together on one album, which is pretty cool.
1: Very cool, yeah. Josh, is I've been a fan of his since, you know, I think his first single was Long Black Train that came out around 03, 04. And I've kind of been, I've been following him ever since. Um, and he's put out a lot of great music over the years. Country, he's put out some gospel. If you like gospel music, he's got some great gospel music out there. And, uh, and now this latest album, which is a covers album, but it's not just him singing. He's got artists uh, from older artists and he's got some newer artists on there as well. It's really, really, uh, I've been listening to the album a lot since it, uh, it's been out here um, this week and uh, it's really, really great. So well, without further ado, let's get to it. Here he is, country music star, Josh Turner. Hey Josh, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, Behind the Braves. We are celebrating a couple of things today: your new album, "Country State of Mind," uh, your virtual concert tonight on the Braves Facebook page, eight o'clock Eastern Time, seven Central. And I'm going to go ahead and say, up front, that um, yesterday, so I was in the ballpark yesterday. I work all the home games from the press box, and okay. Uh, your, your anthem, you played the national anthem before yesterday's doubleheader, and we had two starting pitchers dominate, and we beat the Yankees both games. So I am going to head and formally petitioning the front <laughs> office to just have your national anthem play before every Braves game.
3: I like the way you think. <laughs>
1: Okay, and it it's, and it sounded it sounded great, um, and, and so we really appreciate that. And looking forward to the the concert tonight. And uh, for everybody that's listening to the show today, you know, hopefully you can uh, you can tune in and catch Josh tonight on the Braves Facebook page. Uh, Josh, first of all, we'll get into your Braze fandom, but let's talk about the new album. Uh, I have to say, I was very excited just when I heard you are doing covers and then I saw the, the title of the album was Country State of Mind. I was telling Greg uh, before we hopped on with you, when I was in college and first learning how to play guitar, which 15 years later, I'm still trying to learn because I can play, but not very well. I but I can play, play just enough. Uh, well, but one of our go-tos, none of us could sing either, but with a few beers, uh, I could string together enough to play Country State of Mind. And that was one of our go-tos, our sing-alongs. And then just looking at the track list, there's such a wide range there. I mean, I Midnight Montgomery was one of my favorites as a kid, or Forever Never Amen. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. such a great list. So, how did this this idea come together uh, to put this album together, and also to have all these uh, great guests on the album?
3: Well, uh, as of last summer, 2019, um, the people had really been kind of you know getting back into the <clears throat> the 80s and 90s country. Which is basically the music that I grew up on and uh, and and so my manager and I kinda started kicking around this idea of doing a record, you know, with that kind of stuff. But I, I wanted to take it a step or two further because I've always been a such a student of country music that I, I didn't want to just limit it to two decades. I wanted to go beyond that and so basically this record goes all the way from like the early fifties, all the way up to the two thousands. So it covers, you know, a lot of time and uh, a lot of different eras and a lot of different artists. And so not only did I want to make this record entertaining for the fans, I wanted to kind of introduce, you know, maybe some of my fans that maybe weren't familiar with either some of these songs or even some of these artists, uh, that I covered on this record. But, but yeah, it, it was a fun record to be a part of, um, you know, being able to do songs, uh, from what I consider my Mount Rushmore of country music, which was Randy Travis, uh, John Anderson, Johnny Cash, Vern Godson, and Hank Williams. Um, and then it just kind of spilled over from there. Keith Whitley, Alan Jackson, Hank Williams, Jr., you know, and the list goes on. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's this is a, a passion project for me, and, and um, you know, I, I think the fans are going to like it.
1: Yeah, we, we both love – I love John Anderson. I know yeah. Greg and I were talking just before he came on, and – I was doing my John Anderson impression because it's just like he's just one of the most unique voices ever in music. But uh, yeah, Greg, wasn't that you? You were talking about your, your entry into country music was John Anderson, right? Yeah. Um,
2: hey Josh, I grew up in East Tennessee and for some reason, I, I didn't grow up a country music fan I Didn't become one until later in life when I had kids of my own, which is kind of interesting. But, but my first, introduction to it was John Anderson and I was probably a teenager and so I was, I'd love to see uh, it was great to see that he's on your album and uh, that brought back some great memories but I was telling Ricky too that uh, what I was kind of jealous of is that being a player growing up and I know that you're I'm a little bit older than you but you kind of grew up in the sweet spot of the of the Braves history at, at this point um, being I guess you were about 14 uh, when we started making our run in the early 90s. But I, I, I was really, I'm really jealous about what you get to do as an artist, because I think about, for me, I'd love to call up Bob Horner and say, Bob, hey, let's go out and hit some balls, yeah. <laughs> to pitch to you a little bit. And, you oh, know, yeah. it doesn't work as an athlete, but man, you guys get to sing together and do some things. That, that must be a lot of fun.
3: That's very true. And I've never really thought about it that way. But, um, you know, I guess I guess the closest thing for you is maybe, you know, getting to the bigs and, and playing alongside, you know, some of the players that you maybe, you know, grew up watching. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, um, you know, when you look at the fact that, you know, Chris Christopherson uh, got to sing on little old Josh Turner's record, you know, it's just <laughs> incredible because, you know, here's a guy who's a country music hall of famer, uh, great writer, artist, um, actor, you know, road scholar, uh, helicopter pilot, you know, 83 years old, and uh, he's lived an incredible life, former highwayman, and um, and for him to agree to sing on this record was just beyond surreal for me, and, and so it's just, uh, like I say, it's been a fun project to be a part of, and I didn't want to just... You know, include established artists on this record. I also wanted to kind of look towards the future of country music, so I I I kind of reached out to some friends of mine: um, Chris Jansen, Runaway June, Maddie and Tay. Um, I've done a lot of shows with them, gotten to know them, and not only are they extremely talented, but they have an appreciation for real country music and where it's headed. And beyond that, they're just really good people. And so I, I just uh, really wanted them on this record. And, and I feel like they added uh, something new and fresh uh, to this, this album.
1: Well, Josh, let's get into your your Braves fandom a little bit. You grew up in South Carolina. What, how did you first kind of become a Braves fan? And, and what are some of your first memories of being a Braves fan?
3: Yeah, you know, growing up in South Carolina, uh, in rural South Carolina, you know, I I never had cable or satellite or anything like that. We had the, you know, three or four main channels on our TV. And so I I didn't get to see um, a lot of baseball until it came playoff or World Series time. And so um, for me, you know, it it was my earliest memories of seeing baseball on TV was, uh, golly, it was like – Eight, what was it? Eighty-eight when uh, the Dodgers were in it, and Oral Hershiser and Tommy Lasorda, and you know Fernando Valenzuela, and all those guys were playing. Um, And I I remember that year, but it was two years later when the Reds won the the World Series in 1990. That was when my brother and I really kind of got into baseball. And so we became these huge Reds fans, um, and that lasted for a few years. And we collected all the baseball cards and everything of all the Reds players, and then – when I kind of matured a little bit, it kind of dawned on me one day. It's like, wait a minute, the Reds aren't my home team. <laughs> it's like, why am I why am I cheering for the Reds? And so uh, I started cheering for the Braves. And and man, you know, the only way I could really access the Braves was listening to them on the radio no. on nights when I could actually get the signal. Um, and man, listening to Skip Carry and and just I, it's just you know. It, it's one of those voices that just kind of gets ingrained in your in your mind, you know. Um, and, and from that point on, I've been a Braves fan. Uh, and since I moved to Nashville, I've been taking my boys to uh, a Braves game or two at least, you know, every year. Um, and so, and because of my career and what I've been able to accomplish in my life, I've been able to get to know a lot of Braves personalities, and, um, you know, it's just been a dream come true. It, it's it's crazy when you get a, a, a text out of the blue from people like Don Sutton or, you know, <laughs> just, you know, former players um, and, and different stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Is there not a – tell me, Skip Carey and John Anderson, I feel like there's sort of a <laughs>
1: correlation there.
3: Yeah, you might so be that- right
1: that yeah. kind of that uh, and I may and I say because I've praised Skip we've been doing behind the brace for two years now and we both have talked about how much we love Skip but he's kind of the same in that he has the most unique he had the most unique voice and it's kind of a little on the nasally side and he made it work for him there there's kind of a correlation there I think
3: yeah he he, he had some country in him so I, I, don't, I don't know his <laughs> whole background but yeah he had some country in him
2: yeah that's good I, I love how you talked about that uh when you matured you you realize that you need to start rooting for the brave so that's <laughs> that's pretty good uh, in, in more was, ways than one <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right well uh, i understand you got to uh you got to talk with charlie colberson or you're mm-hmm. gonna uh, get to hang out with him a little bit what a great guy i know he's he's uh um, from up in rome and and uh, we spent some time with charlie and he's just uh he's the best so we i know that you had a good time with him
3: I did, and, you know, I had been asked, uh, you know, who, I, what player I wanted to be a part of this, and uh, it's, it's funny. All the players that I've gotten to know throughout the years don't play for the Braves anymore, so uh, it, it's just kind of weird when they say, you know, what player, what current player do you want to talk to? It's like, oh, well, okay. Um, but Charlie was my first pick just because, uh, you know, I, I felt like he's always been really grounded and he's <laughs> been very humble about, you know, just – Doing whatever it takes to help the Braves win, and so, and I, and I've seen how he's been an example to a lot of the younger players too, um, and so. My boys love him and and uh you know some he's been a part of some of the most incredible plays um and we actually talk about one tonight um which was from July last year when we were playing the Marlins and he threw that guy out at home from left field it was <laughs> that pla yeah. the, the whole you know ballpark erupted when that happened um so there's a reason they call him clutch, but it it was it was fun to get to know him and get to talk to him.
2: Yeah, Charlie, actually right after that play, the next day I was doing an interview with him because being in charge of the alumni associations, a lot of times we do events on the field. And so the next day we happened to be doing something for the Hartford and I got a chance to work with Charlie and talk to him about that. And that was absolutely one of the most phenomenal plays that we've seen. And of course, you know, you said it. Charlie's just good people and uh, we love having him on the team and we talk about guys like Adam Duvall and Charlie and that, that they are just, they are glue to a ball team and they just make it work. And uh, so those are, those are great, some great guys to look up to for your kids. And I guess one of the questions I had for you is that do your kids, I know that your wife and your kids travel with you a little bit. And, um, and I know that as a ball player, we did the whole homeschool thing and, and we had our kids involved in a lot, but, Do you see them sharing some of your passions as far as baseball and music, or do you see them kind of going their own ways?
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting having four boys, especially um, it's interesting to see kind of what each one of them kind of gravitates towards. My oldest, uh, he's just eat up with music. We have to get him to stop. You know whatever he's doing musically to come eat or clean his room or you know do whatever we're asking him asking him to do um and then uh it's you know my second son kind of shares my love for the outdoors and um you know he he's actually a a really good actor um and i don't necessarily consider myself a good actor but i've done some of that in, in my life um and then my third son, he's the one that's baseball crazy. It's like, you know, it, we were driving back from Florida yesterday and we were listening to the games on the radio. And uh, it was just absolutely killing him that he couldn't watch the game. And, uh, <laughs> and so he he likes uh, – kind of what I do from an artist perspective um, and he loves sports obviously and, and all that and he's a very hard worker and then my fourth child he's kind of the wild card um, he's luckily the fastest child I have because I, I've always considered myself pretty fast but my three oldest sons like they're slow as Christmas and uh, my my fourth one is like I finally got a, a child that can actually run fast um, and so he, he's just precious got a great personality never met a stranger and um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what each of the four end up doing with their life. All right, I'm, going to steal, I'm going to
1: steal one of Greg's questions that he, he had uh, asked. We interviewed Jason Isbell last year, and uh, I loved this question from him, so I'm going to steal it from him and ask <laughs> you. Since Greg is a former uh, relief pitcher in the big leagues, if if oh, who is the relief pitcher like if you have you know on a, on a baseball team you've got your starters you got your rotation then you got your relief pitchers <clears throat> so what role in the band and your band is the relief pitcher if you can compare the two which which one does he translate to
3: you think oh wow uh that's a darn good question um that's a really good question. Uh,
2: <laughs> we should preface it by the relief pitcher only gets
3: noticed when he screws up. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that would be the drummer then. Yeah, that would be my drummer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, that's him.
1: <clears throat> okay, all
3: right. That is good. Yeah,
2: I would imagine not much works if he messes up.
3: <laughs> uh, no, no, everybody messes up if he messes up. <laughs> that's right. That's right so do you have a
1: if you if you were to pick one Braves memory or moment uh that kind of sticks out to you as as a favorite um it's interesting you bring up if you asked me to pick out the highlight of 2019 as a matter of fact i think at the end of the year last year i was working on a uh a list of the best moments of the year for for something we were doing some compilation or or video or something and uh so i kind of got to determine what i thought was the list. I think it was top five, and I unequivocally said that that throw from Charlie um, that yeah. day from left field. That to me, that was the the top highlight of the year. So it's. I kind of look at, especially since I've been working in baseball, I've been a Braves fan my whole life, but especially working in it, like I'll kind of go through each year, and there's maybe a moment or two that sticks out. Is there just in your fandom? Are there a couple maybe certain moments that stick out to you
3: as your favorite? Yeah, you know, I mean, we've we've had. We've made so many good memories, you know, at Braves games throughout the years. Um, you know, I've, we've seen Brian McCann hit a grand slam. We've, we, we saw Charlie's throw, um, you know. And one of the coolest things that I got to do was, I guess it was a, a two, three years ago, back when R.A. Dickey was pitching for us, and, and I had kind of gotten to know R.A., um, because we had both done you know one of those I am second videos and so uh he's a really good guy and, and I just I loved his approach to the game and just the fact that he was a knuckleballer um you know it's just such a rare thing to see you know in today's game and and so I'm I'm friends with Trey Workman who who works for the Braves there in the corporate side and um I talked him into letting me go down one night. Uh, I don't remember who we were playing. It may have been the Mariners um, and RA was pitching and I, I, I told him, I said, dude, one of my bucket list things is to see a knuckleballer pitch up close. I was like, I got to see this. And so um, he he got me down there behind home plate, like in the second or third row. And we got to watch several innings of RA pitch, you know, and I was directly behind the the home plate. And it was uh, was one of the most fascinating things that I've ever seen.
2: Well, hey, we know you got a big day ahead of you. I was talking to Ricky a little bit about this and wondering if you went to the school – the same school I did where where you had to uh give very short one answer replies like yeah I'm just happy to be here I feel blessed uh this new album and uh <laughs> it's uh you know I'm taking it one day at a time and I mean are you are you in that are you in that mode
3: yet uh no you know I I, I love talking about you know, country music, and I've always taken pride in my work. And, you know, it's been a passion of mine since I was 13 years old. So I, I just, uh, you know, um, if, if somebody's starting to get on my nerves, I try to keep things short. But uh, <laughs> so usually when I'm, I'm giving really short answers, uh, it's either because we're on a time limit or, or the interviewer is getting on my nerves. <laughs> there you go. Uh,
1: well, we better cut this off before we get to that territory. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, but Josh. We can't wait to see the concert tonight on Braves Facebook. Uh, we love the album. Wish you nothing but the best with it, and hopefully, at some point in the not too uh, distant future, we can all uh, do this again in person at the ballpark before or after a Braves game. That's uh, I think I think that day will come, and hopefully, it's sooner rather than later.
3: Yeah, I'd love to. And and as far as the uh, concert tonight. That was probably the first time I've ever done anything like that. I've done a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of interviews and stuff online like that, but uh, when it was time for me to start playing, it was so weird because I'm sitting there with my guitar playing to a laptop uh, you know, and like there's there's no applause after each song. It's like it was. I felt like I was on trial or something. But uh, so I, I tried to keep it loose, you know, uh, for the fans because I knew a lot of people were going to be watching. So uh, if if it seemed a little awkward, that's probably why.
2: <laughs> well, we we were able to, to see that with the Avit Brothers. They did the same thing in North Carolina, and it, it, it works. So it was a lot of fun. It's it's okay. different, but it works. So we're yeah. looking forward to it. But thanks for thanks for coming on with us.
3: Oh yeah, anytime. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Josh. (laughs) Thank you all. Have a good day. Go Braves.
1: Our thanks again to country music star Josh Turner for joining us here on Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. Looking forward to seeing his uh, virtual concert on the Braves' Facebook page tonight, eight o'clock Eastern time, seven o'clock Central. Um, Greg, we would be remiss if we signed off of here and didn't at least touch on uh, yesterday, doubleheader against the Yankees. Uh, if you're a fan of good pitching, good starting pitching, uh, and you're a Braves fan, then you had yourself quite a good day yesterday. Ian Anderson gets called up, makes his Major League debut. One run, one hit, six innings. And then Max Freed followed that up by doing what he's been doing all year long and dominating, uh, only gave up a run, picked up another win. And, look, I, you got to you got to come away from yesterday just being so thrilled if you're a Braves fan. I mean, Max Freed has stepped into the role of ace, and he has – he hasn't just stepped into that role. He is—he's become the ace, and I was talking with some folks in the press box last night. He is, he's firmly put himself in the Cy Young conversation. I mean, we are, as we sit here and talk today, the Braves are halfway through the season. That second game yesterday was the halfway point, or that, that got us to the halfway point. Um, and Max Freed is right there in the Cy Young discussion. So you've got a potential Cy Young Award winner and your ace, pitching great, pitching, doing what he's been doing all year. And then before that, you had top pitching prospect come up and uh, lived up to the hype. I thought so. um, I was thrilled. What were your thoughts watching those two games yesterday? Man, yesterday was an amazing day. I was
2: laying on the couch watching the game, and I just I couldn't help but think. And and I should preface this by I was listening to some of the interview uh, from Mike Soroka, just talking about the you know the first start of Ian Anderson and you know, what it's going to be like and, and you know, talking to, the, talking to him and everything. And, and I just thought, man – and, of course, I didn't know what was going to happen. But then after the game or during the game, I'm watching this, the kid pitch and I'm loving it. I thought he looked in control the whole time. He had command of his pitches. He wasn't walking people. He was getting ahead. He was throwing first pitch strikes. Everything that you want to do to be successful – And then probably at some point during the game, I thought, man, can you imagine if Soroka was still pitching and we had Freed and then we had this young kid coming up? Because if you really think about it, we've been waiting for somebody else to step up and pitch besides Max. Now, Erland's done a good job, you know, and I think he'll continue to get better. But when you come up and see, Ian come up and make a splash like this, and then not only was it just your major league debut, but I mean he's pitching against Garrett Cole, and he's pitching against the Yankees. So if you could if you could picture and paint the best way to splash and come into the league, pitching against the Yankees and pitching against uh, undoubtedly probably the best pitcher in baseball. At least you know if you if you took a poll, everybody would say based on what happened last year, maybe Strasburg would have been in that category but Garrett Cole definitely is probably the highest profile pitcher that there is and he hasn't lost in 28 starts and then you get the pitch against him and then you beat him and you get the win and you pretty much dominate I mean it it was it was storybook and you couldn't really paint a better picture um, than what just happened so I just part of me was a little sad because of where Sorok is and then, But part of me was really excited about what's going to happen from here on out. Now, I know it's just one start, but still, you can tell a lot about a young man who comes up and does that and the way he carried himself and the way his pitches uh, – how, how he was – and, you know, it's not always just the pitches because you can look at Tukey and some of these other guys and say, yeah, I see that the pitchers are pretty quality, but it all comes down to execution. So when you see the talent and then you see someone execute the talent, that is a totally different ballgame. A lot of people have the talent. But to be able to execute it and do it on that stage against that team, against that pitcher, that tells you a lot about that young man. And so I got really excited watching
1: that. There was I know there was at least one instance yesterday, and I, forgive me, I don't remember off the top of my head who the batter was, but I think it was a called strike three. He threw to somebody. I don't know if he threw a change up or what it was he threw, but it was some kind of breaking ball or something. And anyways, uh I, I watching in the press box and that pitch came in and I saw it and I kind of went, Gabe Burns from the Atlanta Journal Constitution was sitting next to me and I said, Ooh, what was that pitch? Like even <laughs> that of his hand and the way it moved and everything, I went, ooh, that was that was good. That was interesting, and that it, it kind of got me even that much more excited because I'm like, all right, this kid's not just out there throwing like this is, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was some nasty stuff he was throwing there. So yeah,
2: he was pitching from the very beginning. I mean, he used all three pitches uh, from the first inning through the sixth inning, and um, you know, and, and of course, then Max goes out and and you get to watch two great pitching performances, and we haven't seen that in a while from our team outside of. You know, was Max and Soroka. We got really spoiled by seeing those guys at the end of last year. Uh, well, Max had a great year last year, Soroka had a great year. So we were spoiled. And then all of a sudden, now Soroka gets hurt, and now we're just down to Max. And that, you know, that, so it was great to see that back to back what we've been used to over the last year and a half.
1: Well, and you know, I think we're Braves are in first place. They're on pace for if this were a full 162 game season. I believe I believe it was Mark Bowman, our pal Mark Bowman, tweeted that they're on pace for a, a this would be on pace for a 97 win season. Uh, where they're currently at, they're in first place, so looking great. And the trade deadline is coming up, and listen with the expanded postseason, and so many teams still being in contention you know, do we make a move with the trade deadline? I don't know, I, I, my guess is that we will and that we'll try to acquire a starting pitcher, but that's just speculation on my part. But even beyond this year, if you think, you know, looking at it, it's like Soroka will be back at some point next year. I don't know if he's ready for the beginning of the year, but he'll be back next year. So you've got Soroka freed two legitimate aces. And then look, Ian's just had one start. So I'm not going to, like you said, one start, I'm not going to start heaping ace praise on him. But if you look at him as somebody that just from what I saw yesterday, I feel like, okay, this is somebody that can cement himself in the rotation and can stay for Mm -hmm. a while. Suddenly it starts getting pretty exciting. If you're looking towards next year with, with those three uh, anchoring your rotation. Um, And again, listen, we're right there in it. I, I, you know, you go out and get a starting pitcher uh, this year, hey, I, I think it, we're, we'd well, be, suddenly we're in great shape, I think.
2: Well, remember, the standard is the Dodgers, and they've got three solid starters that can get you through the postseason. And if we really have our sights set on one in the World Series, you got to do something. There's nothing to do in the bullpen. There's nothing to do with the lineup. Uh, I mean, between what Dansby's doing Uh, playing out of his mind and just having the phenomenal year. He's continued to grow as a player. And of course, you know, Albies uh, we just don't know if he's going to come back, but even if you just take him out of the equation uh, with Johan and, and, um, and Austin there, I I feel really good about our lineup. And I, I, I was looking at that, especially with Acuna at the top. And you go right through there. I don't think there's anything to do there. Really. You're just holding out to say, is there a deal to be made for a starting pitcher to come in and be, be a third guy or to be a number two guy? Because you can't count on uh, Cole Hamels. And right now, you can't count on Fultonovich, You can't count on Tukey. You can't count on, um, you know, uh, Sean Newcomb. So we're in, a, we're in a tight spot. I mean, you've got a team that's prepped and ready to win the World Series has all the ingredients except we lost our, our ace pitcher and we need to fill some sort of gap. I know that this lineup can cover a lot, but to ask them to cover what they're trying to do right now and that, and to ask the bullpen to cover what they're doing right now, it's going to be really difficult to go all the way and do that. So Alex has got a, a big, you know, he's got a predicament. Does he, does he go out and – try to uh, fill that spot and knowing that we're so close? And is there availability? Is there somebody that's there who is a number two guy or a number three guy that is available and healthy? And, um, you know, do we have the pieces to be able to make a trade? That That's going to be interesting to see, but we're going to find out here pretty soon. But, I mean, we're just so close and we've got so many things going for us. I don't know how we can't go for it. But there again, most of it comes down to availability and price.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that is the thing. Expanded postseason, so many teams still in contention. It's just how many sellers are there really? But I, I got to believe that because you said it, we're so close. We're so close that if there's a deal that can be made there, Alex is going to make it because we're not – with with the the rosters expanded and the our bullpen as deep as it is, you know we're not we're not we're not asking for another ace. We're asking for just another reliable piece in that that rotation, a two or a three, as you said. So yeah. I think if that deal's there, I got to feel like the front office is going to make it. I just, I mean, there's not, I don't even know what like three or four teams that maybe are pretty much out of it. I mean realistically maybe more than that, but looking at the math, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's just, I mean,
2: what two, two teams from each, each uh, division get to go. I mean, that's basically what it is, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, the, the expansion. So it's just, there's so many teams. I mean, 16 teams are going to make it. So yeah, more than it, half it makes
2: it more difficult. Obviously. Yeah. It definitely makes it a lot more challenging, but yeah. Hey, either
1: way, we're we're in a good spot.
2: Yeah, and just because those teams have a chance to go doesn't mean they realistically believe that they have a chance to go all the way. Um, and if they have a chance to help themselves long-term with some with some talent prospects in exchange for a pitcher, I don't think any of them are going to be – if you're the 16th team getting in, your fan base is not going to fault you for giving up something when just because you were the 16th team doesn't mean you're looking to go to the National League Championship or American League Championship and ultimately win it. So
1: right. Well, it's going to be going to be interesting next few days as we we head towards the trade deadline. Um, yeah. But after that doubleheader yesterday, <clears throat> we're feeling feeling pretty good here in Braves country. So uh, we'll look forward to that. And I our thanks again to Josh Turner for joining us here and behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. I know we've got. Uh, some other fun things planned here soon. You and I are going to be taping another episode here in a few days, or at least that's that's the plan. So looking forward to that. And uh, we'll have that for you uh, next week. So thank you to everybody, as always, for listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing, Behind the Braves, and telling friends and family about us. We very much appreciate it. And uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next time. Hey, Braves country, we just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves.